This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I've got three questions to ask this morning that will lead us into uh, our exhortation and our message with regards to missions. If you came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ because of a radio advert or a TV advert or a TV program or some marketing newspaper, whatever, advert, because of an advert. If you came to know Jesus Christ because of an advert, gave your life to Christ because of an advert, I just want you to help me quickly. Just stand to your feet if that is you. If you came to know Jesus Christ because of TV, an advert, okay, I see a few people standing up. Okay. All right, thank you. Please sit down. If you came to know Jesus Christ because of maybe a, a church program or something like that, something of that, maybe a crusade, an evangelism. In fact, let's do that. If you came to know Jesus Christ because you went to a crusade or evangelism crusade or something of that nature, just stand to your feet. That is you. You went to a crusade or something of that nature. Okay, thank you very much. Please sit down. If you came to know Jesus Christ because someone personally spoke to you about Jesus Christ or invited you to church or invited you somewhere where you encountered Jesus Christ and you gave your life to Jesus. If that is you, I'd like you to quickly stand to your feet. who are sitting can look and those that are standing just take a look around and look at how many people came to a knowledge of Jesus Christ because someone not something but someone touched them intentionally someone took the time out to reach out to them someone was intentional look at all this Go ahead and sit down. And if you've finished filling out your card, Ashes, if I can ask you to just quickly uh, collect these cards. If you could pass them down the aisle and our Ashes will collect them. But as the Ashes do that, I just want to encourage us this morning that winning people to Christ involves more than just the conversion. It's discipleship which calls us to a lifelong relationship with Jesus Christ. One-on-one evangelism or friendship evangelism or relationship evangelism as it's sometimes known as is still remains the most effective way of discipleship. I'm going to show you why today. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn your Bibles to John. And the title of the message today, I'm following our theme for this month, is One by One. 
the example of Andrew. If you could open your Bibles to John 1, 36, verses 36 to 42. While you're open, I'm going to start reading because of, you know, time constraints. The next day, John was there again with his two disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Say they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about the fourth hour in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was he found his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, that is Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. We note a few interesting things from that passage of Scripture. The first thing is, if people were one to Christ effectively through marketing, through programs, when I gave that illustration, a lot more would have stood when I said, did you come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ through marketing or an advert? There's nothing wrong with that. Or did you come to Christ because of a program, a church program, an evangelist? Nothing wrong with that. We should do that. And if that were the case, we're in the marketing age right now. I mean, social media, at, at the press of a button, someone all over the world, in the, in, in the remotest place in the world, can get the news. So if, if there were a time that Jesus should announce himself, if marketing helped, if marketing was the best way of ministering Jesus, then Jesus should be walking the earth right now. Instead, Jesus' strategy involved reaching the world by him touching 12 men. In fact, 11 men, because one of them betrayed him and killed himself. 11 men intimately, and then instructing them to touch others and disciple others. That was his strategy. That strategy is still effective and working today. That strategy is the same strategy that had almost nine-tenths of this congregation stand up and said, someone reached out to me. Think about it. Leaving the responsibility of saving the world to 12 men. In fact, at, right at, when they said, go, start, they became 11. One fell off the cliff. According to the account in John, Andrew and possibly John himself were the first disciples to follow Jesus. After the, John the Baptist, they were following John before, and John the Baptist said to them, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, because they had been hearing John so often speaking that he was not the Christ, that the Christ was coming, when John announced to them that this was the Lamb, this was the Christ, the two of them immediately left John and followed Christ. 
But then the, the story is very interesting in the sense that it tells us that out of the two that followed Christ immediately, they spent that whole day with him. But after that, Andrew was convinced this was the Christ. The first thing he did was he went to find his brother. And he brought him to Jesus. Immediately, Jesus gave him a new name. He had a, a conversion experience with Jesus. That was Simon Peter. Simon Peter is the same man who at the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down, stood up and boldly declared what the scripture said in Joel that they were seeing in today, that the Holy Spirit had come. And at the end of his message, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ on that one day. Now we celebrate Simon, and that's great, but behind Simon is one man who the Bible only mentions in the New Testament nine times. But his life was so significant that he touched one man who's touched thousands. His name is Andrew. And every time Andrew is mentioned in the Bible, it has to do with him bringing someone to Jesus Christ. Why is this important? It's important because of this. After Andrew brings Peter to Jesus Christ, and there's something unique about Andrew. John was there, the one who uh, says he, Jesus, the disciple Jesus loved. The one who used to put his head on Jesus' chest. But he never thought of bringing his brother to Jesus. What was so peculiar about this guy called Andrew? In fact, the four of them, Andrew, Peter, John, and James, John and James were brothers, became really the uh, leader amongst leaders in the 12 disciples that Jesus chose. But of them, three were prominent, Peter, John, and James. We don't really hear about Andrew. But every time Andrew's mentioned something significant that had a lasting impact took place. What was it about this guy? Well, from scripture we learned that Jesus, these guys followed Jesus. They were following John before. They would follow John and maybe just see John when they came to church like this. And they would go back to their businesses. They did the same thing when they encountered Christ. They followed him, but they went back to their lives as fishermen. A few months later, the Bible has a record of Jesus after having prayed, spent time in prayer. The Bible says that the multitudes came to him. He didn't have the disciples then. He had multitudes following him. And he went to the lakeside, to where John, to, sorry, to where Peter and Andrew were. And the record is, those were the first disciples he called. That's the point where he said, turned, he told Peter to cast his fish net into the water, and he caught many fish, and Peter repented and said, Lord, I'm a sinner, leave me. And God said, no, I'm going to turn you from being a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. Let me give you a kingdom principle. 
I don't believe it's a coincidence that when Jesus went to call his first disciples, he went to Andrew. He went to Peter. I don't believe it's a coincidence. I don't believe he just sucked it out of the air and the Bible says he spent time in prayer first. And Jesus was fulfilling a kingdom principle. And the kingdom principle is this, that Andrew and Peter became the first fruit of disciples that he called. And the principle of first fruit is this, according to Romans. If the first is holy, the lamp is holy. That is the principle of first fruits. If the first, and it says, the first belongs to God. As it is with the first, as it is with the root, as it is with the first one, so shall it be with the rest. So Jesus went first to a soul winner. Because as it is with the first, so shall it be with the rest. He went first and found Andrew and called Andrew out to leave everything, to follow him because Andrew was a soul winner. And as it was with Andrew, so shall it be with the rest of us. There is an Andrew in each and every one of us. Why? Because Jesus established that right in the beginning. It was part of his strategy of touching the world. That the first one that belongs to God, the first one that is redeemed, the first one that's called out is a soul winner. And the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. The first one that came to Christ is one that knew how to reach out to people one by one. Because it's in you and it's also our mandate as his disciples. He said to the twelve when he was leaving, go ye and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them everything I've commanded you. That same grace and anointing, because it was in the first, is in us. He understood this. Jesus, the Bible calls him the first fruit, the firstborn amongst many who are now called sons of God in the new covenant. In the same way in discipleship, the firstborn is a soul winner through Andrew and Peter because the rest, you and I, will be soul winners. So I want you to know right off the bat, the grace is within us to soul win. What stops us from going there? The Bible tells the story in, in, in that same book of John of the feeding of the 5,000. That's the second time or third time in the Bible we read about Andrew. Jesus, and it's so amazing because this happens quite a lot and you may relate to it in church. Jesus has spent most of the day ministering to multitudes, 5,000 men. There may have been more than, probably like 15,000 people if included women and children. Spends the whole day ministering to them. The disciples come to him and they say, Master, Send these people away so they may get something to eat. What they were actually saying is they were hungry. They had spent the whole day ministering. They wanted to eat. But their mentality was we are the ones that eat privately with Jesus. 
send people away so they can go and eat, so we can eat with you privately. And unfortunately, that's the mentality of a lot of us. When we get born again, when we receive Christ, we quickly forget that it is because of someone else that we're in that privileged place. And we want to keep Jesus Christ to ourselves. We say, send them away so you and I, Christ, can eat. Send them away. It's like protocol, you know. Keep them away so we are the ones who are close to the master. How do we know they're this mentality? Because the Bible says that often they would argue about who was the greatest, who was the closest, who did Jesus love the most. Their whole thing was, it's Christ and I am the closest. I'm, and yet, that was not Christ's heart. Listen to what Jesus Christ says to them in response to that. And John records it. In the Bible, because he says that Jesus was testing them. He said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. That message has not changed for believers. Because Christ wanted them to understand his heart. Christ often used practical situations to give a spiritual truth. Jesus was saying to them, do unto others as has been done to you. You have been brought to me. You have been called to me. Bring others to me so that they may eat. But you do it. You give them something to eat. So they said, how are we going to feed? How, how are we going to... Man, even if we looked at wages for the, it would take us wages for the whole year to give these guys bread but there was a unique disciple called Andrew amongst them he identified a little boy with fish and the Bible says that he looked at the little boy and he went to Jesus and he took the little boy to Jesus and said Lord here's the little boy with five loaves and two fish who knows what could happen what is to say you couldn't feed everyone. That was Andrew's anointing. Taking people to Jesus and saying, Lord, who knows what could happen? Who knows what you could do through him? Who knows what you would do with this life? Jesus didn't say, send them away. He said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. That is still the cry today. Jesus is saying, people do not need to go away. He said, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. It was a practical lesson for a spiritual truth. That, that call is still there. That we bring people to Jesus so that they may be fed. Because you and I know the story, because of Andrew's step, because of Andrew bringing the boy to Jesus Christ, the greatest miracle recorded took place. People were fed from five loaves and two fish. They all got full and there was leftovers, 12 baskets full of leftovers. Here's the lesson from that. 
The lesson from that is, and this is a principle. The Bible says that God himself so loved us, he gave Christ. In the same way, if we want Christ to grow in our lives, we must give him away. We somehow feel that to have Christ grow in our lives, we should have him to ourselves. We should withhold him. But the first disciple Jesus called was one who could give Christ away. At the first call, his first thought was, who else can I bring to, who else can I give Christ to? And by doing that, he first started off with the one with his brother. And Jesus showed us the multiplier effect. When he brought the boy, it multiplied and many were blessed. Imagine the people who were touched by the feeding. Imagine the disciples who learned from that lesson. But also imagine the impact on the boy's life. All out of someone giving Jesus away. And here's the thing. The miracle took place through the disciples' hands. The miracle of Jesus Christ, the miracle of Christ growing in our lives, the miracle of us experiencing Christ in his fullness will come as we give him away. Because he came by being given. He is sustained by being given. He grows in us by being given. He was with the Father alone in heaven before the Father gave him and inherited a multitude of sons. In the same way, when Christ is given away, Christ multiplies, not only in the lives of those we give him away to, but also in our personal lives. So in this month, I want to leave you with those two things to think about. Not just think about, but do. Can you and I Get in touch with the first fruit, with the root of Andrew that is within us. How many of you say, I want more of Jesus Christ? Give him away. Give him away. The first principle that Andrew showed us in his life is this. You don't need to think of a stranger to give Christ to. There's someone close to you. It may be a brother, it may be a sister, it may be an aunt, it may be father, it may be mother, whatever. There's someone close who you relate with already, who trusts you already, who you have influence over already. And it may not happen the day you go and speak to them. But purpose in your heart to do what Pastor Tom said, to pray for them. To seek God and say, what are, what, what are the creative ways I can give them an encounter with Jesus Christ? And when we put ourselves there, when we put ourselves in, hey, what could happen? We put ourselves in a place where miracles could happen through our lives. Where we can experience Christ in his fullness through our lives. And that's what this is. It's not just missions, but so we do it in much. It's missions, so we do it for a lifestyle. Because in the seed of this, in the first fruit of this, was soul winning. So it's not too far from us. It's not foreign. It's the devil's lie that says this is difficult. You can't do this. Christ was very intentional and very deliberate to ensure that the first fruit of his ministry, the first fruit of disciples was a man who could soul win. 
because he wanted that truth in every single one of his disciples. That is in you and I. And that truth, as it was with Andrew and Peter who were first called, is in you and I. The ability to reach out to one person and say, hey, Christ, who knows what could happen? Who knows what could happen? You heard from Pastor Bonnie this morning. It started with one woman, a former Miss America who reached out to her and spoke to her. Who knows what could happen? Look at this. With Pastor Tom, he started off with his brothers, reaching out to him. It took several months before he had a full revelation of who Jesus Christ was. But that one act, who knows what could happen? Each one of you have a story of one person who reached out to you or a group that reached out to you and who knows what could happen. Today, your family is born again. You have hope in Christ Jesus. Maybe your business came out of Christ. Maybe you found a wife or a husband in Christ. Your whole life has been changed because someone took dare to say, who knows what could happen when I introduce this person to Christ? We have people in this church that are in all spheres of influence. Who knows that the person you're speaking to is not the next Peter, is not the next Tom Duchamp, is not the next Bonnie Duchamp, is not the next Kenneth Hagin. Is not the next president of Zimbabwe. Who knows? Christ knows. Christ knows. And Christ's message to you and I this morning is they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Because I took care of this in the first fruit. It's in you already to give them something to eat. Bring the boy to Jesus Christ. Bring the problem to Jesus Christ. And who knows what God could do. So this morning, as we close, I want us, those of you, as many of you, that say, Pastor, I really want to get in touch with this first fruit that is in me this first fruit that Christ took care of thousands of years ago, this seed to sow win. And it's one by one. If you say, I want to get in touch with that, and I'm open to Christ using me, to Christ, Christ working through me, working through my hands, for Christ to be increased in my life. If that is you, want you to stand right now. I want us to pray in agreement. If you say, I want this. I want to get in touch with this. Father, I want to thank you today 
I call heaven to witness in the courts of heaven. The multitude that have stood up and said we're willing. Jesus, you already took care of it at first fruit level. You first called and chose a soul winner so that we may be soul winners. Father, I want to pray that grace over this church. I want to pray that grace over each and every person. That Father, whoever you place on their hearts and they're willing to bring them to you, Father, that they see your grace operate in their lives. That Father, this is not a thing we just do for one month. But Father, this becomes a lifestyle. This becomes a yielded position, a yielded disposition where we say we're willing to be used of you. We're willing for you to flow through us. We're willing to, for you to take what is little and multiply it through us. Father, I want to pray that grace over this congregation. There are people you so desperately want to touch. And your message to us this morning is, do not send them away. Do not send them away. You give them something to eat. And Father, with the answer is right before us. Little as it may be, seed as it may be, but in your hands it can be multiplied. So Father, I want to speak to every person that is here. Release your grace for ministry in their spheres of influence. Father, those that are thinking about a relative, a brother, a sister, a child, a father, a mother, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, as they take steps to bring them to you, I thank you that your grace is sufficient. Those that are thinking of an employer, a colleague, a mate, or anyone in their sphere of influence, your grace is sufficient for them. Father, may we see visible results because the grace is in us already. You took care of it at first fruit level. The grace is in us already. Today, I release this congregation to walk in it. In Jesus' name. Say, I choose to walk in this grace. I choose to walk in this grace. Lord, you've called me to be a soul winner. Forgive me for where I've been fearful of what you've already put in me. What has already been taken, place, taken care of in the spirit. Today, Lord, I choose to bring people to you and to encounter your grace as I do that. I thank you that I stand here because someone was kind enough and loving enough to do the same for me. I thank you for the grace to do it for others. In Jesus' name you agree with that, say amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.